Wow. Thank you for joining us on, on um, your own podcast today, Jason. It is my pleasure. It feels good to be back. You know, I haven't, I haven't been, uh, you know, I've been disconnected for the last couple of days. There's no worse fate than being disconnected for a couple of days. That's that that it's scary to even hear. It's a, it's, I, I w- it's a hard thing to do nowadays, actually. But you're at, you weren't that disconnected, bitch. I mean, I wasn't that disconnected, but I was trying to be disconnected as possible. But you know, it, it is it is a hard. It's like a mental challenge to really like. It's one thing to go on holiday or on vacation, but it's another thing to really you know holistically do it you know what i mean in, t- in terms well, I, of in your mental and your physical yes but i just i mean i would be afraid the money was calling and i wasn't picking up the phone you know what i'm saying yeah but you know that is that is a good concern but you, there's a skill in setting up a situation to where you're able to really unwind and vacate while still not fumbling any bag, you know, even even the greats, even the greats like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos <laughs> are able to do it, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know they are, Jason. Easy, I mean, have, but also, but are they? You know what I mean? Wow, really makes you think. Did you get deeper? Did you crack open that third eye in Sedona like we talked about? Of course I did, bro. What else is there to do in the down other than go to Whole Foods, not? And see people not wearing masks and um, go to anywhere and see people not wearing masks. That's it. I mean, so tell me about hitting Sedona and seeing mask-free youth in the in the Whole Foods. <laughs> mask-free youth. Well, it was it was weird because I we like we walked in and there's a group of, of people like maybe three or four real like real crusty crusty people like outdoorsy types but they also all look like they had plastic surgery done so it was kind of like that's kind of the vibe in sedona um sounds pretty it sounds pretty cool overall. sounds pretty cool uh on paper it's, it does sound very cool but they were they were all kind of like they were it was like a, three or four of them in the in an aisle and they were all kind of blocking the aisle and talking to each other and having just like a, a, a fun normal convo but they none of them were wearing a mask and and it was and i was looking around to see if there was an employee working there that i could be like hey guys like what's up with this why are these people wow like so jason so you are a karen i wasn't i wasn't trying to bust them sounds like you were Jason. i wasn't trying to bust down but i was i was simply (laughs) trying to to see like what was like you know i i I was in the car for like six or seven hours driving you know, the Whole Foods was the first destination that we went to. So, you know, I was still getting my sea legs back. I, uh, you know, working out the creeks in in, in the body, sure. and then I was floored with this. And I just I didn't know how to process. <laughs> I didn't. Don't worry, I didn't rat anyone out. I did not tell. But I was looking at them, and they were looking at me, and I was looking at them. They're looking at me, <laughs> and it was kind of like they're they're looking at me in, in like a, a little bit of a smug way, as if they're like, I wish. I wish somebody would. I wish you tell would. Me, I wish, I wish you, would you would come tell me to take this, you know, put this mask on. Uh, and then we were looking around, and I would say like fifty percent of the people there were mask free, and it was all there was no rhyme or reason. It was all walks of life: cool looking people, shitty looking people, rich, poor, fat, skinny, Republican, hippie. You know, it ran the gamut. Everyone and sounds nobody like the, was wearing sounds, a mask. 
Sounds like the the varied group of our listenership, actually. So that's nice to know. But it, I, I it do was think a diverse cast of men and women, age eighteen to twenty four. That is our exact <laughs> demographic. I promise. <laughs> so you, so it was coastal elite sn- snob Jason Stewart, Big TJ versus yep. versus super spreader Sedona. Yeah, and I asked, I asked the. Um, the, local cashier i asked the yeah the local cashier like what's up why are why are all of these people not wearing a mask and they said in in sedona or maybe in arizona similar to when when you bring a, an emotional support animal on an airplane you are allowed to just say i have a medical condition and i can't wear a mask and that's all you need. Much like getting your, your medical marijuana card by going into any office and saying, I have pain um, or you know whatever, going to Florida to get Oxycontin. Anyone can just walk around and say, oh, I, I, I can't wear a mask for personal so you, reasons. And then nobody can do anything about it. You don't have to hide. So you, so you just don't you, – you, you don't have to justify your, your reasoning. They, they can't yeah. ask you or, you or they can ask you, but you don't have to answer and there's nothing they can do. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to show any like medical official documents or proof that you have a medical condition that is allowing you to not be able to wear a mask. You can – you know, the same way you can say I have, I have pain or I have insomnia yeah. or stress or whatever. You know, I get headaches. It's, it's, it's improvable so, information. Wow. Unprovable. So, so overall, after you coughed on those people, what, how, how was the trip? After I did some coughing, we, um, you know, we checked, in, checked into the Airbnb. It was, it was very nice. You can, your money goes a long way in Arizona looked, compared looked, to California. It looked very spacious. It was spacious AF. We, there were multiple rooms to live in. I was, I was thinking about like a, some type of Tim Dillon situation where you just get a house in the desert for a month and you, you, know, you just build out your little content studio. I could really see myself doing that in the dome. But I, mean, uh, I don't know. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to build a content studio with you anytime, bro. <laughs> like I would love, That's I would the nicest love thing you. anyone's ever said to me. I would love to create a content studio with my co-host and friend, Them Jeans. It would be very cool. And, and I Me feel and like Bay because- went half on a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mean, real love. If, if we could bring, I mean, we could get some CDJs in there. You know what I mean? I'm sure we could dip into your storage space, get the CDJs, get the green screen. Look, like get a little hot. If I, if I, if I pull the CDJs out, Chris, you know <laughs> that I can't put them back in. You know that, right? I, do you you look you cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and And once i start downloading these rihanna mp3s i can't just put them (laughs) back onto spotify you know that chris i know but i think that i think that during this 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 content creation moment we're in where just the content is being produced at a at a a breakneck pace it is this might be that we might need an hour-long tj green screen rihanna only set from sedona and and honestly like i I think this is the best on site it has to be you know literally in the other room we can't be like oh like i can get the studio space i can get an hour booked out later this week or whatever like it has to be able to happen at the drop of a hat any moment you know there could be some late breaking news, you know. So a senator or a, a judge could could pass away. Um, you know, there could be a new hamburger 
There could if be Ruth lots Bader, of different things going on in the of, world that we can't wait on. Think about think about if we had a Sedona content studio, how we could have pulled up all these awful, obnoxious, lame tweets about Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> and roasted people live live on instagram I really mean, that, roast them while the body is still warm really give them exactly. a ravishing you know exactly when i if i would have seen the ruth conda tweet and had a content studio i would be famous right now maybe you know i might be rich <laughs> you would that. be famous and i don't know if it would be famous in a good way but it, you would you you could definitely be famous if you if you had that this that, this uh, tr- the, <laughs> the trend of like saying something you want to say but you're lying about it because you you act like your child said it is very cool like that's the only good reason to have a child like no that is the that is the <laughs> end of fucking humanity is what it is like i i said i i showed a picture of ruth bader ginsburg to my two-year-old and she started crying like shit mm. like that it's it's so amazing it's so See, the, they should take a page out of you know like twitter had no problem in the past just saying <laughs> literally the phrase starting anything funny that you're about to say that you have written and scripted before by just saying the words Somebody said, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. you have to do. You can go, exactly. somebody said, Chris Brown looks like blah, blah, blah. Somebody said, you know, and that's that, that is a setup that everyone is happy with. Nobody has to lie and say that your, your three year old said this like really interesting hashtag. And then you put a hashtag on a word that your kid said and tweeted out for nothing but some likes is is really really awful if you ask the, me you know i never feel like logging off i'm never really feeling and that child protection by. services should take that fucking kid away e- that, exactly nothing nothing good is going to happen with your life if your parent no is just using you for for likeies it's it's honestly the way that the way that tr- twitter reacted to a hundred year old woman's death that they knew was coming was honestly shocking and i i, I understand <laughs> the political implications of it and i understand that the, we have like romanticized this woman and made her like an etsy an etsy like being Mm -hmm. but like man it was like there was an article on the cut about how women were texting each other just the word fuck and it was like a trend piece like Mm -hmm. that's not real guys like we can't that doesn't matter that's not the important (laughs) like that is not important like the the whole the the supreme court seat and all the stuff that goes with it is what is important it's not important like what i just it's unbelievable to me like you're really gonna people crying over a death of someone they don't know is actually shocking to me in the the supreme court i mean obviously she has done a a lot of cool things over the years you know amazing she's overturned some great stuff but literally the world was was um was ruth pilled um yes that we were by that documentary i mean this woman has literally don't i i would not want to take away from her accomplishments she truly has changed women's rights like she's on the front lines but it's like she slapped but you we you you people turned her into a fucking etsy t-shirt and like a bad book and a catchphrase and now you're gonna cry when some crying when someone you don't know dies is insane and i can't deal with it anymore i can't deal with it <laughs> like you're, you people are crying about a celebrity or a politician they've never met that is fucking insane that is insane it is. And, and i might I, I, I might not cry if a family member died you know what i mean like we this know is crazy we know we know but I, you know, I guess you know, whenever whenever somebody in that position passes away, they're kind of like one. Those are those benchmark moments of like, she was one of the last few good ones who is in a position of power. But also, totally. you know, like she's 
she hasn't really had any power in a while. Like the way the world works, the way the government works, the you know everything that's been put in place in the last whatever ten years. It's just, in my opinion, you know, it, it's already been done. It's it's but a wrap. It's, it's, the world's it's fucked. Just- symbolic i mean i don't know i i I, obviously people are going to react to way they they want to react to things but i I just the 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 insanity in which people respond to things like death of people they don't know Mm -hmm. seems truly truly unhinged to me like unhinged like i it could be it could be someone that truly touched my life but i don't know them so i can only feel so much about them Mm -hmm. their passing i don't i don't have maybe i'm emotionally dead but it seems like it it is it is a an extreme overreaction to something that doesn't actually affect you in any way at all. Yeah, and and then you kind of you have to draw the line of what things, you know, what what things in the world that are happening are you know that you're able to turn into your own personal content where where that line is drawn and I don't know how like how many years ago has it you know was it where people really started making a big deal about posting these like melodramatic things about celebrities dying whom whom they have never met simply because like they made they were in a freaking movie that i liked a lot and like yeah it's today like, oh, I, today you know my heart hangs heavy today because <laughs> this uh, t- today at how long gone headquarters we're raising the flags to half mast over the passing of character actor from a 1998 <laughs> movie that made me chuckle once it's fucking crazy like mm-hmm. and that it, this goes for I- any and all levels of like success it's like it doesn't matter what the field is you know what i mean it doesn't matter if it's politics if it's music if it's if it's movies like obviously to me a musician would probably affect me the most but when like you know morrissey of course has a tarnished reputation now but when morrissey dies mm-hmm. this guy i've listened i've listened to his music since i was 13 years old i have it tattooed i don't i'm not gonna care it's fine <laughs> that, that's the cycle of life like people die that's just what happens i'm not gonna cry about this guy who i've never met before no matter how much he affected me positively in my in my life right and i think you know the uh, dealing with death dealing with life those things are in my opinion you know those are some some personal and private moments and yes. you know as soon as you commodit- commoditize them online by trying to you know make up words that your that your child said <laughs> you know make up a hashtag that your child said or you know do you know hire a, a graphic designer to make a, a post of you and you know posing next to this this person that died and writing like a 10 page article about how how they touched your life like it's it's all awful and i think the way that we're that we all deal with death and the way we look at death as an opportunity to you know an opportunistic moment in your life versus like a time to just like pay your respects to to them you know karmically and and universally is is fucked up like whenever you see you know and a celebrity's name you know rip whatever on twitter as a trending thing everyone's first you know you're like okay is this person dead or do they get canceled and then everyone has the same denzel memes about like you know somebody better not tell me that this actor that was on <laughs> fucking that was Yo, on bro, like, I, frazier I really, 18 I really years love ago that show. if they i really love that show suits bro i can't believe this yeah, guy do died. not you know, do crazy. not tell me you know my my face when i found out that the guy from from bones season three isn't dead and then you're like yes that was awesome i'm so glad they didn't die you know 
I, but I also think that I personally and also all humans have always had like a fascination with with disaster and tragedy. Like whenever there, you know, like there was an earthquake in LA a couple of days ago or, you know, there's a, a volcano or whatever, all this, you know, these natural disasters that happen or these tragedies that happen 9-11, we will we'll always have like a fascination with them because it's interesting to see, you know, crazy destruction or pain or like real real emotions because we aren't really experiencing real real emotions anymore and we have to kind of fabricate them into around celebrity versus i love look i love people that we love i I love posting an rip or maybe even a great new york times obituary because they're so well written Mm -hmm. maybe 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 even a photo on a tumblr you know what i mean i'm not above that i'm definitely not above that but crying is where (laughs) i draw the fucking line okay like celebrating someone's life because you love their work is is the proper way, in my opinion, to process that kind of emotion when it's someone you have no personal connection to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know, sit around with your friends who also shared your love with this person. <laughs> uh, you know, commiserate and commemorate about the good the good times and the moments that you had, but don't you know? Do not make it about yourself, and do not make it a reason or an excuse or an opportunity. To have this draft, you know, I bet you there's people who drafted that, you know, Ruth Conda type of tweets and they just had it waiting in the hopper, waiting for her to die so they can fire it off. Well, I mean, that's literally how the obituary in the New York Times work. You know, yeah. they have them, they have them cocked and out now regular people have them, have, have the tweet in the drafts and it's just like ready to fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah, like you said, when, when the guy from season three of Bones dies, we'll get, we'll get, the, we'll get these tweets off and you and I can have a candlelight vigil and we're going to watch season three of Bones together yeah. while we have, you know, exactly. while we enjoy- while we enjoy a nice like taco bowl, you know, what sounds better than that? Motherfucking Bones would have wanted it that way, bitch. Exactly. That's what Bones what Bones would want. And that's what I want to give Bones in return. Um well, look, man. That being I, I said, RIP, fam. RIP to to I I had a, actually I I feel like I'd got a really funny tweet off about the death of, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um <laughs> So so I, I maybe I'm part of the problem. You you are not part of the problem. You are part of a problem, but not always. you know, not the but but always a you know, and also, you know, we need to normalize using humor as a healthy way to deal with death. <laughs> I was actually, I mean, I, I just think that, that someone's, I just don't know, I don't know who it's serving. That's all. I, I don't know who, I don't know, it, it, I don't know if it's virtue signaling or if it's self-serving or if it's like wanting to be a part of something. Maybe it's not nefarious at all. Maybe it's like from a pure place. I just think it's corny. That's all I can say about it. Like, I, you know, I, it's Look, everybody's going to do what pure what shit isn't corny, you know? I'm sure. Go- I'm sure. You know, people at Mosaic Church, their intentions are coming from a pure <sighs> place. Couldn't be cornier. Couldn't be cornier. You know, I cornier Jason, than I a, a damn chicas. I had a big wow. Shout out to chicas, by the way. I had a bag yesterday. And shout um, out, shout out to a listener who DM'd me uh, a cold DM, said letting me know that there is a a supermarket somewhere in like East LA I forgot what city but they he said that they have the 6 pound industrial size chicas bag on deck just to let oh, you know Chris. well th- I think we're going to take a little HLD field trip a, a little, uh, yeah so when we have you know our next our our, our whenever ne- we, we have a wake for the next rapper that dies <laughs> and we will need 6 pounds of chica 
you know, I will I will release that and I'll do a full full review of the six. Yeah, because that would be fun. Because I did find the chica blue corn at the at the Whole Foods. Oh yeah. In, in, in Burbank, I haven't cracked them yet. I'm saving them like a special bag. Chica Azul. You, you ha- <laughs> so you have a bag of chicas sitting in the telly and, and you're able to I got, use restraint? I, look, let me tell you right now, Jason, I keep two chicas on decking tin at all times. Damn, you think you would be even fatter than you are, but... Bitch, I, I don't guess that's them. how I'm you're like, working hard. I, that's, I am working hard. You know, I speaking of working hard, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram stories that I secured the fucking bag this week. Do you mean you went to do Barry's boot camp in the parking lot at a mall? <laughs> no, I mean certified lover boy in store soon merch is is in my possession, baby. Oh, <laughs> a great day! I got the hoodie. I got the. I got both colors of the socks. I even got the white hat with a kiss on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so you, you got you it. got both of the play for Comme des Garcons socks. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Those are some. Yeah. Really, that's like an iconic image. First of all, me. Jason, for for you to act like Comme des Garcons invented the heart is a little short sighted. But I'll let you. I'll let you get your little joke. Oh, off uh, I'm not saying they invented the heart, but if you do an A B comparison of the sock, you know, it's a white or black sock. You know, almost indistinguishable from, indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> there is a red heart in the sock, and then the logo inside of it. It's it's a Nike swoosh switched out for a, a cute little set of eyeballs. Yeah, but a, a Nike swoosh is the most iconic symbol of American culture, and eyeballs are just eyeballs. So you tell me what you know. You tell me. Just because but, it's iconic doesn't mean that it's not thievery. But you know, continue. <laughs> Thievery. Thievery. You know, Drake is not stealing as much as, you know, maybe a a Travis Scott or something like that. But this shit is coming out, bro. We got, I mean, this shit ain't coming out for another month. So it's not, so walk me through what those DMs were like once you posted, you know, first of all, the boy gave you permission (laughs) to post it before. (laughs) I'm assuming that, or how does the NDA paperwork work? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't think we need to worry about that. I think you'll see some of these other little rappers, you know, doing their posts later, but I think it's more important to get these influencers out ahead of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so who are some of the other uh, Drake fluencers that were, were blessed with a Nike I, sock? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure there are guys that are getting bigger packages than me, but I really needed this, the certified lover boy, you know, Chris lover boy black is what I'm calling it now. Hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and are you going to wear any of this merchandise for our our upcoming photo shoot? I mean, I could wear a whole fit. You know what I'm saying? I could wear a whole Drake certified lover boy in store soon fit. But I just you could wear know. a lot of things, Chris. I'm asking, will you? Probably not. But mm-hmm. I will. I mean, if you rock up on me at the tennis court with the white socks and the white hat, that's a pretty fire fit. Like that, I'm not mad at that really. And and I, and you know, it would look good at the at the berries. I did do berries Beverly Center. Mm-hmm. Um, outdoor, and I gotta say, they as usual, Barry's fucking came through, bro. Mm-hmm. They got mirrors up. They put a floor down. The, the silent disco headphones stay on. They don't fall off. Yeah. Speaking um, of Drake, the only other person who would put a mirror in a parking garage, Barry's is, <laughs> <laughs> Barry's is coming through. Woo! So yeah, I, I mean, actually wanted to ask you about that. So so Barry's boot camp, they they took all of their equipment, their whole all of their decor, their statement wall, their statement mirrors their sound system, et cetera, moved it into the Beverly Center parking structure and then just did business as usual there. Is that correct? 
Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I, I think it's uh, as far as like I've done an outdoor Legree and I've done this and they're both pretty good, to be honest. It's just like a limited, you know, it's a smaller group of people. Mm-hmm. But the the workout was with my favorite L.A. trainer, Kyle K., who did a full ballroom. You know, the ballroom thing where they fall to the ground. Oh, you know? I do. Don't tell me he that did- Kyle is appropriating Vogue and culture as well. Kyle did that shit in the middle of berries and I hit a PR, bro. That got me turned the fuck up. Like that, that shit, that is impressive as fuck. That motherfucker's got a body on him and he did that. Like that's, that's going to get Chris Jacks. You know what I mean? That's going to get me, <laughs> that's going to get, that's going to get me putting up a little more weight. Jason. Wow. This so, is, this is coming as a surprise to me because of all the, you know, 2020 brought us a lot of surprises, but, but Chris coming alive <laughs> in the nighttime after he witnesses Kyle K do a <laughs> ballroom style Vogue. Uh, collapse and then re rebirth. Uh, what is that move called? I don't. I don't know what it's. I called. actually. I actually don't know what it's called. But I. I've always. I think. I'm, it's I'm so just saying. Im- I didn't peg you for a ballroom cat. That's all. I mean, it's one of the most impressive things in the world. I fucking love it. I'm bro, really. You, into I didn't. It. I'm, you I'm wasn't really with it. me with Venus X DJ set at Ghetto Gothic, bro. What's up? I was not there, um, but I was at Barry's yesterday for Kyle K to do it. So yeah, it, that is um, that is Chris's Ghetto Gothic. Yeah, I'm I'm good, but the um overall it was a, it was a pretty good experience to be honest. My ankle my ankle's still a little touched up on the treddy, but other than that, it was good. Speaking of overall, I noticed that you weren't wearing a shirt that co- covered over all of your arms. A lot of people might call it a tank top, and that is a, a st- style of shirt that I've actually <laughs> caught. I've caught some heat for wearing actually from not you a tank specifically, top. and it's I wanted sleep- to ask. You know, where did it go wrong for you? Where did you decide to kind of give in and uh, sacrifice your your personal appearance for fitness? Well, I didn't look, bro. Um, the mm. deal is, the deal is, look, bro. I, a, the deal I, is, I'm everything, a district, everything good starts. I'm with a that. district. Look, I'm a district vision athlete. Okay, I, I wear the products as a sponsored athlete. I like to support the brand. Okay. Yesterday, yesterday it was an off. It was a laundry day for some of my other clothing, so I put on my. I actually run in that fit normally. It's the district vision Tom Tom half tight. So you so sing, you're saying you would on top. So you're saying you would only wear district vision on laundry day. Interesting. I actually like those guys, but you know, you no, can say I wear what district. Vi- I wear district vision every day, but I only have a long sleeve shirt, which would have been a little too warm. And then this 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 sleeveless shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So will you keep coming for sleeveless TJ now that you are a member of yes yes of because you no cut, farmer you, hive you you cut yours like you're like a fucking like you're going to Gold's Gym but you your arms look like twigs that's the difference you cut yours all the way down <laughs> to like the waist you know what I'm saying that's I don't I don't question. Travis Barker my shit you you try it's like it, you look like Travis Barker in a DRI shirt that's what you look like you think you're Travis Barker some ladies are into that look all right Chris but also if if my arms my defined arms are twig like what what does that make yours chris what is is well, that no, more a like com- a, a like a J- <laughs> that's a compliment dumbass what do you mean uh it didn't sound like a compliment all i'm saying is your so then it is a compliment to say that your arms are even more twig like maybe even you know just like a a sproutling you, you your arms could be sproutling i guess okay so we do have a guest today um <laughs> <laughs> Jason's making up words now, so we got to keep on. I think he, I think he did a little brain damage in Sedona after hanging out with those uh, the mask free. Yo, youth. Today is today is farmers market day. I got sprouts in the brain. Edmund's cooking up. I'm sorry about that. I understand. I understand. But so you know, 
at how long gone sometimes we like to reach into our bag of experts because we you know uh, some other podcast book guests we mostly call friends colleagues you know co-workers um mm-hmm. people people that are well known and defined in their fields and this last week I, if you've been logged on to the internet which i know you all have because there's nothing else to do mm-hmm. um You've probably seen rapper Kanye West going on and on and on about the unfair contracts of the music business. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's up in arms. He's saying he's getting killed. He's saying it, we have to, we have to figure out a new way to do this, et cetera. And, you know, I was talking to, to my attorney, Mike McCoy, who, um, is a New York based music attorney. And I actually, he worked on cartel with me and that's how we know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not going to disclose who his clients are, but I can say they're very big. And his firm is his firm is is one of the bigger bigger law firms in the business. So Damn, will he let me guess one at least? Probably not. So we're going to get Mike. Love so we're going to get Jason. And I actually Jason. I've, Jason has met Mike before. Actually, mm-hmm. we had dinner at we had dinner with him and his wife at his house before. Jason went and did a legendary DJ set at Holy Mountain, which was a it was a blessed night in general. It was um, yeah. The only way to start off DJing New York's <laughs> premier gay club is to drink natural wine on the rooftop of an attorney's home. <laughs> that's that's called high low. That's our brand. Um, so and we stand. And also shout so, out to Mike's wife. Mike, Mike's wife, Caitlin, a big listener of this podcast and a, mm-hmm. and, a, and a wonderful, brilliant, intelligent woman. But we're so we are we're going to call Mike has been sequestered at his home in the Dominican Republic since the <laughs> pandemic started. <laughs> oh, so, wait, are you serious? Yes. Yes. So we're going to call Mike. He's coming straight live from the D- Dominican Republic. He is he has taken time out of his busy schedule to look into these contracts and also what this means for the future of the music business. Um, mm-hmm. 360 deals with no touring revenue, streaming services. So we're going to give you basically a master class. We're giving you free legal advice at how long gone. Mm-hmm. That's like you tell me who else is giving you free legal advice and, and I'll go fucking subscribe to their shitty podcast. Yeah, this is this is Salino and Black coming at you live. <laughs> With, yeah, and and this is all pro bono, my friend. This is normally this is, what three, four hundred dollars an hour, easy. Oh, this is probably more, you know. But yeah, at least I mean, we're looking at we're looking at bills, bro. These motherfuckers charge you for you know a ten minute phone call. This ain't mm-hmm. a game. Like you text a lawyer, you're getting a bill. Um, you're welcome. So yeah, we're you know you're welcome. That that's really what it comes down to. So let's give let's let's go direct to the Dominican Republic, hardwire, and get some legal advice for all of you aspiring musicians. Yeah, you're 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 sequestered in the Dominican Republic right now, correct? That is correct. Yes. And you've been there since the beginning. You like you guys got out quick. We got out February 24th. The day the market dropped, I was like this is going to be serious. The market's starting to think about this and price this in. Let's get the hell out of here. So we left that day. And what's the vibe in the Dominican Republic? Totally different? Ooh, I think there's something like 110,000 cases. Like maybe a thousand deaths. Uh, there are, there's, they had, we had a quarantine for a while. There's no more quarantine? Mm, there's not a quarantine, but there is a, uh, we have to, you know, there's, there's a curfew during the week oh. of 5 p.m. 5 p.m.? The sun's still up. No, wait, during the week seven, 5 p.m. during the weekend. Sorry, I remember that now. I don't, yeah, it sucks, but I, it doesn't matter to me. I live in a gated community. So I'm like, Plus, like, where am I gonna go? Where am I gonna go? Yeah, like, yeah. We miss going to restaurants. Like, whatever. It's fine. So we're in the gated community. We're in the Dominican. And are you <laughs> able to come back to America whenever you want, or are you stuck there? Uh, I can come back whenever I want. Um, I've overstayed my tourist visa by six months. <laughs> <laughs> have you? Yeah. Have you come back at all, or have you not left? No, I haven't left. I, don't, I see no reason to come back. <laughs> 
So wow, is I, there a chance that you just move there and live there forever? Yes. Wow, really? <laughs> wow. So Mike, well, let me let me yeah. know because if the if the apartment in New York is available, I am also available. So you know, <laughs> you, just, you you keep me posted. I'll let you guys I'll let you guys keep some stuff there. You know what I mean? Like furniture wise, it's fine, but yeah, we can work out cool. a deal. Yeah, we can All work right. out a deal. Good to know. The only issue is Alex is in ninth grade now, and her school is in New York, and I wouldn't want to move her out of her high school yeah. experience. You know. So yeah, I mean, is she? So yeah, we've we've talked to a lot of parents on the podcast. How has it been? I mean, she's a little older, so it's probably a little easier. But is she like feeling a little weird with no friends around, like not socializing at all? Yeah, the thing is, there are friends around. She's online to meet her friends, but uh, yeah. we're in a bit of a bubble. And there's some there's some people here who don't believe that COVID is a thing. There's a little bit right wing and uh, they probably sure. look down upon us because we've created our own little bubble and we haven't let Alex leave yeah. much, but Alex is fine with it. I mean, it's, you know, she's learning to surf. She's rides her bike. She's, you know, she's very grateful that we have the place and it's, it's you know, it's, what's, what's the not like? Mm. Sure. 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 <laughs> yeah. Even when you're 13, you can recognize this is pretty sick. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> <laughs> she gets it. She totally gets it. She's been really, she's been really cool and chill about everything. Is uh, yeah. is she a TikTok user? She, yeah, she is a TikTok user. Um, she jumped on to do some anti-Trump stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Who didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, get, welcome to the club. <laughs> right. We've been brainwashing her from the from the beginning to be a you know a coastal elite left wing you know <laughs> psychopath. Yeah, un- <laughs> Uncle Chris, Uncle Chris has probably been helping out with that as well. <laughs> Absolutely, I think everybody in your life solidifies that. But I do think that I, I we love to ask also parents. I mean, I think it's interesting for you because you're in the music business. But like, what's she listening to? Like, what is her music taste as they develop? Oh, that's interesting. I thought before I had a kid that I was going to be the guy that played all the classic songs to my kid. Like you're going to learn the Beatles, you're going to learn the Stones, you're going to learn all the, you know, the beginning. All the Third Eye Blind, all the Counting Crows. Third Eye Blind, Counting Crows, all the classics. Right. I mean, we work towards that stuff. You know, that's a, that's a little, <laughs> we have to, that's a little we have advanced. To level, we have to level up to that. We go from Beatles, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones to Counting Crows. You, it's, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. That's a jump right there. That's a jump. I don't know if we can handle it, but, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to impose my taste on her at all. So yeah. I think you know her favorite band's the Gorillas you know, right now. It, that's a really interesting choice. I, I know it's cool because she likes to draw and she does a lot of anime. So you know the, oh, okay, the visual okay. part of it drew her in, and the music's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really pushed her on music at all, and she really unfortunately moves towards EDM. Which, uh, hell wow. yeah. So, that's as Jason's specialty. I am sure he could offer some. <laughs> it's cool that your she, child ended up being smarter than, than most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if she, needs right. any, if, she, if she needs any EDM advice, you know, Uncle Jason is also available to send mixes and other important yeah, artifacts. And also, you know, you nice. know more than anyone as a member of, of the music industry that EDM artists, you know, how many people you split that money with, baby? Motherfucking zero. <laughs> Exactly. That's right. So, you know, fiscally speaking, she's a smart gal off the jump. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, DJ has no production. No production. uh, Pretty brilliant. You know, you and I talked a little bit this week um, about about the uh, this this Kanye West situation. So so Kanye is tweeting out his contract and talking about how unfair it is. And, you know, 
how long gone, we like to offer expertise. We, we, we're basically offering people free legal advice right now. So I, you know, it, this is invaluable really, but I think that for us, you know, Jason and I are both have been members of the music business at different times in our lives. I think a lot of listeners of ours are involved in it or at least interested in it. So I just thought it'd be fun to get, to get you an expert to kind of break down what he's saying in layman's terms and kind of explain to us what it means. Is he right? Is he wrong? Um, you know, just just some in, an insider look at it. So let's let's start from the top. And also, and also, know. how can we get our masters back from Spotify for this podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, we'll end with that. We'll end with that. But let's start with Kanye West and Universal Music Group. Well, send me your contract, and I'll take a look. For, <laughs> okay, uh, sure, sure, for sure, for uh, sure. Fuck, I should have sent a contract. <laughs> I knew we should have done a contract. Yeah, yeah, I told yeah. you, bro. This, is, no this is already invaluable. Rights. You're good. You're good. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So is Kanye right? Is Kanye wrong? Is what what do you what is your take? Overall, I mean, his main message, let's just agree, because there was some question. I, I, at first I wasn't sure what his message was. It was unclear. Sure. That's a common uh, thing with him. That's a common right. thing with him. <laughs> but if, if if distilling it down, his message is artists should own their masters, then I think he's absolutely right. You know, that's mm. yeah. a very artist friendly way of looking at things and you know, I looked through the contracts and he by no means has had a, from what I can see, a bad experience, but there's plenty of money. He owns his last four records. They're licensed, um, you know, but the big ones are still owned by Universal from from what I can see. So um, explain, his his like, last four to- records do suck ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's what, but Mike, explain to people what license license means. So that means that just to be clear, that means that he owns the music that he made. Then he licenses it for a, for a, a period of time to a record label to sell and distribute. That's right. Well, I'll start by saying you know there's there's a, the uh, the value to a record label has traditionally traditionally been owning the copyright to a master recording. Like okay. that's where they make their money. Um, and generally speaking, new artists sign deals that are for life of copyright, meaning forever, yeah. you know, for the most part, although, you know, there's a reversion in the U S at 35 years, but I don't want to go down that. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. 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 It's um, a family podcast, Mike. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for getting me back on track, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, yeah, so, so basically that's the value. So, Labels want to own these masters and they want to exploit, which is their term, the masters in perpetuity. So um, an artist owning their masters means that they're going to make more money from the master recordings. Right. So what a license means is, um, you know, Chris Black and Jason, you guys do your acoustic duo album and you finish it and you're like, oh, we're going to go to, you know, Sony. We're going to license it to you. We'll let you put it out and distribute it for five years and pay us a royalty or, you know, we'll split the net profits and then we get a reversion of the rights and we own it. We retain ownership. Yeah. yeah. And that's so what he's talking about. So is that going to, I mean, I feel like from what I hear from, from my friends, that's becoming the license structure is becoming more popular. Yes. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of those deals. And are those, yes. are those, increasing are those so much more beneficial to the artist but the, is the is the label getting fucked or is the label just getting less money than they were before they're getting less money um but 
they're probably throwing less resources at something. Because think about it, you know, they're, you're flipping the uh, the profit around yeah. completely. You're going yeah. from, you know, generally speaking, say an artist is making a 20-point royalty, which is high on a royalty yeah. side, but then you flip it around and you license it, maybe you license it for a distribution fee of 2025. You know, and so you're... Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. So the label's making less, less money, and as a result, the artist is potentially getting less services from the label. I see, but, Le- but less also, risk, less reward. Yeah, right. But I would, I would wager to say that that is a, I mean, that's a symptom of society because now the artist has their own marketing. Like they don't need the label as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Correct. But the artist has to be a self-starter. But any artist to be successful has to be a hustler. They have to work hard. That's at this fact. point, you can't yeah. just you can't just turn the record and, and tour and expect expect this to all work out for you. No, you got to promote. You got to do the. You got to do the social media thing, and you got to be constantly working. Even if you're really hot, you still have to do that. You do have to yes. be hot, and yes, that absolutely. Sucks. That does suck. <laughs> I, being hot and, and forced to work is the most unfair thing we have going on mm. right now. So, know? so Kanye, yes. so Kanye wants to buy his old masters back, so he can have ownership of his music forever instead of Universal, and he's saying that they don't they won't talk to him or give him a number because they are afraid that he can actually afford that number where normally it would be such a crazy amount of number or, you know, amount of money to, to do that where nobody would in, in their right mind would or could pay that much money. What do you think Kanye's masters are, are, are going for on the market? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, if you're looking uh, at I'm not first... counting Yeezus or anything after Yeezus. Well, that's yeah, we're only the good is, shit. Only the good <laughs> shit, Mike. Only the good shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did look at his discography before we got on the phone, and I did see that everything of his sales really dropped after from Pablo on. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, these records that he made, one through six, are classic records. And yeah, I, man, that's it's hard to really yeah, how do you, say. How do you but put a dollar amount on on how much money it could make because the records have already geez. been sold. You know, millions and millions right. and millions have already been made off of them, but you know, well, who, also, who Mike, knows what could happen? Yeah, how do you right. gauge? How do you gauge? Is it just? I mean, obviously, this is based on some kind of numerical figure and calculation, or are they just right. like, "Fuck you, we want X amount of dollars." Is it a little bit of both? Well, if they're coming to the table, let's assume they're talking to him about it. Yeah, I, I don't think they have to, um, right? Unless, unless for some reason they really want an eleventh Kanye record, then. You know, he can sort of hold right. that as leverage um, and say, give me back the masters for one through six. But I don't I'm not sure that they want that. Because right. they, they absolutely but, do yeah. not have to sell him back his masters. It's like selling somebody a car and then they're like, you know what? I want this car back. And you're like, I don't have to sell you the car back. It's yeah, nope, it's, mine. it's mine now. Yeah. So he, so he's basically stomping his feet because they're extra. They, they they don't have to respond, and they're choosing not to, and that's upsetting him because he thinks he can afford it. They don't, but I mean, he does have this platform of totally. million Twitter, uh, you know, followers mm-hmm. that were, and that's pretty powerful. I think so. It's it's yeah. very powerful, but I think that and what he's saying and 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 something you and I have discussed too is kind of like. Yeah the move towards these kind of contracts becoming a little more palatable for a regular person. You know, like when we worked together, yeah. 
you know, maybe to, maybe maybe I shouldn't admit this. I didn't look at shit. I was like, Mike does this. I don't fucking, I don't know. I can't read this shit. This is, Mike went to college right. for this. Mike's been doing this for years. Mike reads the contract. He tells me if it's good or bad and what we need to do to get this done. You know, and I, I think that that's how I've always looked at legal stuff. I'm like, there's guys that do. I look at everything like that. There's people who do this professionally. I'm going to lean on them and pay them for their services because I I chose to do what I do. You know, so it's like, would that right. would would that if, if let's say we make let's say that the music business in particular makes a move towards this more like kind of like plain language. Does mm-hmm. that affect your job at all? Does that matter, or is it the same shit? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> shit. Um, Wow, I'm getting bummed out now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we still need to make deals. We need to yeah. think about you know where the money comes from, and there's still always going to be, even though there's a, a transparency, um, everything. I mean, the world is becoming more transparent, and all for you know, it's a net positive, I think. And the totally. music business is running, moving that way too. But I still think there's going to be people that are going to take advantage of artists. It's always been the case. So yeah. that's why I have a job is mm-hmm. I want to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, do you find, do you find that, I mean, I, I imagine it's a spectrum, but are some clients like really involved and want to read this stuff and try to understand it? And are others just like me who are like, I don't know, bro, this is your thing. It's a, uh, it's a little, it's a, it's a continuum, you know, <laughs> sure, you sure, know. sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Some, some, I, I love it when artists really want to know because then, you know, you know, I get to do my job and explain it. And I think yeah, yeah, being able yeah. to explain these things in plain English is, is, is important. But, you know, I, I, God forbid someone comes back to me that I didn't explain it to and say, what the hell did I sign? You know, so I prefer, prefer somebody to, I prefer somebody to, to, to be interested. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in how much money I'm getting and when I'm getting it. That's that's the two things that contracts always meant to me. But I do think that this stuff gets really complicated when you're talking about ownership and timelines and all of that stuff because I think that, like... I think musicians, and this is something we wanted to talk about as well, is like, you know, I think musicians that, that kind of the money from selling records, at least for most of my contemporaries was never, you basically, you care about in advance and you care about touring and you care about merch. Those are the three things that you can actually, that you actually see the most money from. Is that, has that changed or is that still the same deal? And now that digital streaming services are involved. I mean, I have artists that make royalties, you know, amazing. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and streaming has, uh, it seems like it's um, kind of gotten the music business back to at least a, a place where it's just not. Yeah, that's the other thing with streaming particularly. I feel like it got such a bad rap for so long, but I think it, I kind of think it saved the music business in, in a lot of ways. Like it, it kind of propped it up while, while, you know, touring became a bigger and bigger and bigger entity. But like, I know of, I know unsigned artists making $50,000 a month from streaming. And I feel like that, that's a real living. That's a serious living. You know what I mean? And these are guys like we, people haven't heard of. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is the, what is the, like, what is the perfect solution? Like, do you just have to do it all basically? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, let me go back. So what is it? It's, so I guess the question is, is it still important to tour, promote, et cetera? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the problem is an artist gets somewhere and starts making money. They want to, they want to continue, you know? Um, so they always want to be relevant and they always want to be making music and having, you know, building more, more fans and followers. But I mean, that's why the music business is changing. Really. I think is because these guys were making, you know, making $50,000 a month on streaming. So they have leverage. So a label comes in is like, you know, it's like in the old days, Chris, when you remember when they were chasing artists, 
untied artists that were at radio. It's the same yeah. thing, but Spotify. Uh, yeah, if yeah. you're doing that well, they want a piece of it. And, you know, the band's like, okay, you want a piece of it? Give me a distribution deal at an 80-20 split in my favor, and we're okay. And then labels yeah. are doing yeah. it. You know, but the artist had to get himself there. The artist had to make the music yeah, that totally. people liked, you know, and the artist had to hustle. And I mean, if you're making $50,000 a month on Spotify, what's the, you know, what's your incentive to tour? Really? That's, that's, my, that's my whole, that's my whole thing. That's what's changing it so much. It's like, obviously touring and merch is a, is a huge income stream at a certain point, but at, a, at another point, it's kind of like you're breaking even. So it's like, if I'm breaking even and it, it's obviously touring is a fucking nightmare. So I'm breaking even and I'm making all this money on streaming. What's the point? You know what I mean? But unless you're trying, unless you understand the importance of a touring business and building that up for the future, you know, but I don't, I mean, I don't know why, but, but it also to me, it's like, well, then what, what are label? Why would I? So if I, if Jason and I are making $50,000 a month in streaming for our, our acoustic album, why, why would we sign to a record label except for the fact that we're Gen Xers who want to say we're on a major label? What is the, what is the benefit for us? Well, I do think they still have a, the ability to break something in radio. You know, their promo departments are very important. Like you're unlikely to get on the radio. It's not impossible with your acoustic album if you're just streaming on Spotify. And that's still an important way to drive sales. See, and that's something I think that our fucking Gen X, Gen Z listeners need to know is that radio, regular ass terrestrial radio is still moving a lot of records. Yes, it is. And it it actually, it actually, uh, does move, prompt some streaming numbers. It, It pushes streaming numbers higher. So it's all, so it's still that, that game still matters, which I think most people would not realize, honestly. I think most people think that's like obsolete. I think in certain genres it matters. Yes. If you want yeah, to be a yeah, pop yeah. star, you got to be you got to be going to radio. Does does country work the same way? Dude, I know nothing about the country music business. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> fucked up. That's fucked up, Mike. That's a southern. I believe your firm has a, a national office. You're from the south. I mean, this is a blind spot. No, it's. I'm embarrassed to say. Or actually, I'm proud of it. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I actually. You know what? Actually, I don't care at all. I don't give a fuck. But I mean, I no. think that those. That kind of stuff, but I mean, so radio is still a conversation that you're having all the time. Um, it's not sort of my world, but it's an important yeah. part when we're when you're signing to a label. It's a, it's an important service that's needed, even yeah, if you're yeah. doing one of those doing one of those uh, distribution deals. Probably the the reason to get into it is because you want that radio service, you know, the promo, and that's something you can pay for independently, but it doesn't really hit the same. Yeah, it's weird because how do you measure that? You know, say you pay some guy and look, radio promo is not my thing, but it's just like, yeah. how do you get value? And you're like, okay, you pay some guy. He says, yeah, I called all these radio So You give him like, I don't know, 50 grand. He's like, yeah, I called everyone. They didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it's similar. It similar sounds like, like PR. Yeah, it does. That's what I was going to say. It's like, look, there's no guarantees with that stuff like that. It's very similar to press and communications. It's like, we have these relationships and I know these people and they're going to, but they're still going to, you know, defer to their own tastes. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what this, the business is about. But I mean, I think that then when a label comes in, they're swinging a little more weight around because of years and years and years of doing business together and relationships and who knows what else, you know? Right. I think that's, that's exactly the case. So there's still value to signing to a major. But I've, I've actually seen the deals change. Like back to Kanye's deal, his original deal was seven records. I'm seeing major label deals down to, you know, commonly three or four records. 
Because they used to want to tie you up for as long as they could. Absolutely. It was always six or seven records. That's that, can you can you let's think about that. I can't think of anybody who's put out six or seven good records. No, not even the Stones. No not even the Stones. Yeah, like, like it's it's actually crazy to think about. Like, what is the point of that beyond just like wanting to own something because you feel like you you know you feel like it's worth it at the time. That it, even like even bad, if even if the music sucks, it still makes money. The same yeah. the same way <laughs> you know the same way a, a, a contract for a baseball player or a football player you know they want to they want to sign you for 12 years and you know that you're going to have two good years one of those is going to be injured you're going to suck for seven of those years True. it doesn't matter because you're just making money you know and 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 winning and success and being good at something has been replaced by you know making money as the as the the value of, of success now well, yeah, in both no. situations you mentioned, even the sports analogy and records, both of those, I, I, if I, I know that labels can, and I'm pretty sure sports teams can. They can, just, they can drop the the player or the artist at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, always in their favor. Absolutely, always. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've got the money. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've had artists come to me and say, "I'll sign anything." Just for, <laughs> I'm so and hungry like, and I'm so sick of sleeping in my car. I will sign anything. I mean, that's and that's where right. they, that's the predatory 360 deals where they get they get people locked in. Well, well, that's horrible. We, I mean, that's that's, I, I, that's when I have to send a letter saying I advise you not to sign this or yeah, I don't yeah, take yeah. the client on. I'm not, you know, I just because you know, it's going to end in tears inevitably. <laughs> we we talked about so you know Mike and I when we worked together on on cartel. Um, we did a very early 360 deal because this is like 2005, 2006. And um, I, I think that the labels were in such a rush to get those done because it seemed like a good idea that Mike was able to beat it up pretty well for us. And it was kind of like, I mean, Mike, tell me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seemed like some free money at the time. <laughs> well, that was, that's, oh, that's right. Cause it was, they, it was a, all new. No one had really thought it through. And then in order to get the rights, the labels at the time or the label that Cartel was on was paying advances against um, 360 money. We a percentage of touring, percentage of endorsements, etc. But they let us <laughs> base the percentage on net, you know, undefined net. So essentially they would never see any money. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Free money. It, it, it was just it was just like I, I remember you and I talked they're like all right so once they start the numbers were just like okay so once they start selling out 10,000 cap venue it was some this shit I'm like guys this ain't ever gonna happen like this just ain't gonna happen yeah. so that means we're never gonna pay this money back that's how I understood it um but I think those deals now I mean the merch thing is is a mer- is the merch conversation something that's really prevalent now for you and it, maybe it wasn't 10 years ago well yeah they they really do want a share of merch and the problem with that is as you know that's a that's how a lot of artists with touring artists survive, you know, because touring is so expensive, they're going to survive on selling merch. Um, so, well, the idea there would be to exclude the first X amount of money in merch sales until there's a merch deal or something. But still, the, yeah, yeah. it seems like the margins are so low there that it, it, it's, it does kind of cut into bone when you got to pay seven and a half percent, five percent of the gross to a third party. Um, but, I just think the the, the yeah. explosion of the, of the merch thing and like the artists, I mean, the bravado deals, you know what I mean? All of that stuff that's happening and like the licensing of the, of the name and image and everything I see in, in my world too. It's like, 
I, I don't think right. it's ever been this big. You know, I just don't like, you know, Noah, the, the brand Noah is doing, you know, these collaborations, with the B-52s and the Cure and like all of these bands. And that's all via, that's all via, you know, uh, bravado. Um, that's but amazing. Do you, you think bands like, in the bubble I mean, would go, also, would fly these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, you know, it's a great question. Um, I don't think band <laughs> in the bubble flew. I don't think band bubble flew in its own day. So I don't know if it would fly these days. Um, but I, I, I think <laughs> that's that what we, I mean. That's what I mean. If we've progressed and now there's not as much of a stigma tied to endorsements and promotion. Do you think that one would actually still go? Would go actually at all? I, mean, I, I honestly maybe i mean i so nobody know, nobody's touching dr pepper still so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's we gotta we gotta go for like a more yeah more like organic higher end soda but that mm -hmm. can work you know i think that you know because the, the anniversary like the 10th anniversary of the bubble or something was a couple years ago and somebody wrote the story about it and like a positive story about it kind of and yeah. looking back on that that was i mean that was completely insane as far as the mechanical like the the amount of people involved in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, oh, al yeah. but also like, I think from a like social media standpoint and what it was, it very much was ahead of its time. As far as like the constant dreaming and that whole thing is very much in tune with what's going on today. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think they were, they would do it today and maybe they would fix some of the things that didn't work and it, it, it might, it might fly. With the right yeah, if you take if you yeah. look if you take Kentucky Fried Chicken out of the out of the equation, it could work. <laughs> Forgot you about know? that. Damn, that's where yeah. I that's where I draw the line is fast food. But maybe I don't. I mean, have you been following the Travis Scott McDonald's merch thing? Uh, I've seen headlines here and there. Is it uh, is how are people? What's the general overall it's sort of absolutely feeling? insane printing money and. Jason, wow. so, so it's, it's sold. Yeah, we tried to buy. We tried to eat one a couple of weeks ago when it first came out, and McDonald's said that they we sold out of patties because of it. Jesus. So this that, is, and that's that's God the blessing. Good for him. That's the that's good for him. Burger. Bad that's, for all of the world, though. I know. Yes, 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 yes. And that's I not even cardboard that's, burgers that's, and that's not the T-shirts. You know, that's literally a hamburger and French fries and a, and a Sprite. You know, mm. so it's like, yeah, but I, I've been told that they, I mean, I, it, it was selling so well that I fucked up McDonald's like supply chain mm -hmm. like that. It, it's, it's just, wow. but that to me is the ultimate, like, yeah, there's no such thing as selling out anymore. That is, that yeah. is absolutely like the biggest rapper in the world is doing a fast food deal and everybody loves it. That means selling out. Like you and I both remember yeah, that. No stigma. that we, all, all three of us are that age where that was like a big deal. And now that is not a word, a term that I ever hear. No, it's, it's true. When I first was coming up in the nineties and I had my own label and I was managing bands, like just even the bands that were sponsored by Budweiser were just, they were shunned. I mean, it was just corny. You know, any, any connection, endorsement connection was considered really corny and selling out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's but, the only way to make money now. So <laughs> you kind of don't yeah. have Well, before, choice. the only way to make money as an artist was live shows, and Travis Scott did a good job at that. He was, you know, playing live is the only thing that he's good at, and that revenue stream <laughs> was taken away instantly. Yeah. So, you know, enter in a collaboration with, you know, a corporate fast food chain. What do you think? So, what do you think, Mike? What do you think the future of touring looks like right now? Do we do we have a 
What is the rumored proposed date, or is it, or people really think that the fans are going to pay for streaming? Chris, you, you didn't or, see the iHeartRadio festival this weekend. It was really cool uh, watching Migos rap <laughs> Birkenbag to nobody. Oh no, it was. Oh no, I didn't see that. It was tough. But what do you Awful. have? You watched any? Have you watched anything yourself, or does it not interest you really? Um, I've watched some clients that have done some stuff. You know, and it's pretty cool. Um, it's obviously not the answer. Um, and the, and the problem is, is all your fans can see that. So you got one instead of a tour, you know what I mean? Like you have a 50, yeah. 50 city tour or one online event, you know? Um, and it's not it's the called same, a virtual obviously. experience, Mike, not an, not okay. an event. <laughs> yeah. Show I'm some so respect. Sorry. Yeah. Show I'm some sorry. respect. I thought you were in the, the fucking biz, thing. man. I stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, I don't want to get into politics, but if we get some leadership in this country and we get somebody who can deal with the COVID thing, maybe everyone gets back to work and gets on tour, you know, but no, that's No, I think that's, there's some truth to that. I mean, I think that musicians are, I'm sure desperate for it. And I also think that even if it comes, even if it's a little early, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's like, I think people are desperate to see it the same way people are going to see tenant in theaters and like driving an hour to whatever County's allowing it. I think people are just desperate for it. So that does work in, in the favor of the business. You're right. That's a good sign. But you know, also, a friend of mine just drove from New York to Ohio to see Dave Chappelle. Really? Oh, to the backyard thing. Yeah. 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 yeah but that's what, cool. Did, what, I would do that. What did he say about it? I haven't gotten the, uh, I haven't gotten the download. It was just last week. So is, is Chappelle doing that? Is he doing it that often? Is it like a once a week thing or like what's the vibe? I don't know. I think the tickets were like 200 bucks. So I'm not sure how many people they let in. Um, but it looked really cool. And you he know, brings friends. He brings friends. He brings friends and stuff, right? It's not just him. I'm not sure. I'll, uh, he brings Dalia, all the guys out. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, could you could you oh, speculate this? You know, like while we're while we're in COVID, we're in quarantine, lockdown. Nobody wants to go. You know, nobody's going to be able to go to a concert for you know who who knows how many months or years before it's back to normal. Is there a point where we're like we're we we grow accustomed and to this life of not experiencing a concert and we start preferring a virtual experience or just no concert at all or do you think you know is is there well, like you know after five years or something like that will we all be over it like the same way we're all going to be over going to a movies in a movie theater when we can just watch it at home now i think the best case scenario is it adds a new revenue stream and people still like to go you know have the experience of seeing someone live we don't like but talking now, about best case scenarios on this podcast though okay. <laughs> <laughs> we like to doom scroll and speculate. So mm. you're so you're saying that the, the best case is like, all right, I live in a place where I'm never going to get to see these bands, so now I get to pay for it and experience it in my own way. And if I live in New York, LA, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, I get to go to tours too. I get to do both. Yeah, I would say that, but I think tours are still going to go to C and D markets once the pandemic ends. I mean, I'm, again, that's that's being optimistic as well um, that it ends, but. I think Mike, can you I mean, what Mike? Mike, what's a D market to you? Let's just let you know. I, I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know what a D market constitutes. Constitutes. You know what constitutes a D market? Because I think Jason and I have our own ideas as well. So I'd love for you to throw one out there. I don't know, Palmerdale, Alabama. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, any, anywhere in Alabama, <laughs> but I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. I thought markets were A, B, C. I didn't even know there was a D. That's why I'm asking. No <laughs> I didn't know I mean, it was yeah, that low. 
I mean, the smallest venue in North Dakota, maybe. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. There's there's yeah. always a place out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think that so if, if touring comes back, it's going to come back in the in a way that it it'll be obviously you know distance or whatever, but it's still going to hit the same places. It would it would have to. I mean, and yeah. What's really tough is that the venues. I mean, that's they're really hurting. And I wish there could be some sort of assistance for them. You know, agreed. They, I mean, there's it's fucked. It's bad. What do you? So did did a bunch of agents that you work with just get fucking cans? Mm, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not really. No, everyone's doing okay. Um, it seems they like were the already rich enough to where they can. It's it's fine either way. <laughs> I, I mean, no, the agencies I, I are just, really trying to keep people i mean they're anticipating they're also seemingly optimistic and they're anticipating that there's going to be a business in the next year or two i mean Uh, i I know that some i heard some stories about how they handle it in some places you know like it's interesting you know like uta or someone i think did 20 percent across the board like salary cut the beginning and didn't have to lay it off which is to me is like that's a great way to handle this you know what i mean And and i think that like that feels really democratic and kind of like makes everyone feel like a team, you know? Yes. Um, Agreed. Even if it's obviously it, it sucks for a junior agent to get a 20% salary cut, but if your boss is getting the same thing, you know, of yeah. course you're like, he's making more money than me, blah, blah, blah. But it is, I think that to me is like a, the best way to handle this stuff, you know? Right. And the agents literally, I mean, after they're not twiddling their thumbs. I think a lot of them are still working, booking online things or trying to find, you know, situations like that a lot of them you know trying to find endorsements etc so the agency yeah. still has some business trying to see how they can you take 10 percent out of zero exactly yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> i mean did you so have you been busy was it slow for a while and now people are wanting to do deals again or what's the cadence been for you hadn't changed i'm pretty busy I've, I've been doing really? new artist deals new artist publishing deals i mean new publishing deals um yeah, I'm honestly, I don't want to, you know, sorry to. So, you haven't you had know, to dip of, into medical law or any type of vaccination <laughs> yeah, related yeah. paperwork? Yeah, you, you, you didn't have to, you didn't have to become an ambulance chaser yet. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, it's always on the, you know, on the back burner and it's always possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, but no. <laughs> what's the vibe at the DR? office like what do we what's the setup looking like you got how many monitor how many monitor because you know so jason let me let me set the stage mike's office in new york he's got the standing desk station and the regular desk station mm. right which I, and then i have I, two I, monitors at the regular desk yeah and you were early on the standing desk which jason i feel like you flirted with that as well yeah but i'm not a gamer so i don't have as <laughs> yeah, impressive right. of a setup as he does I understand. Oh, yeah, I know. Mike, right. Mike, you think he's not working on a contract, but he's actually playing World of Warcraft. We we know your <laughs> secret. That's why he that's why he wanted to become partner so he could get an office with a door that closes. That was a big that was a big deal for him. Yeah, that do you think big... do you think you would ever dip into the world of representing a gamer personality, you know, legally speaking, or helping out, you know, a TikToker or influencer with their yeah, I... with their legal work? I've de- I've rep some influencers now, um, some big influencers. There's a lot of work to be done there. Um, tons of. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. And, I didn't and, know uh, of course, you 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 will not divulge well, those people, correct? No, no, I don't. I can't. Good but, for you. Good but, for you. But I mean, this one this one also does music. So there's there's a there's a. I know, see. Um, but I mean, it, it kind of it's in my lane, you know. Either way, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, what yeah, I do, yeah. but but, but I haven't really made a it? huge foray into into that. Are those but are those influencer de- like what do you 
Like, are they hmm. are those are they trying to get those done faster? That stuff seems to move a lot faster than like a record deal would. Is that am I oh wrong? Oh my god! Well, yeah, because they're just one time. You know, you get like yeah. you know ten grand to post this, thirty grand to post yeah. this, or this much time, and there's the exclusivity lasts for a month instead of like years on a normal endorsement. Yeah, it's, it's almost um, like they don't my, even need a lawyer. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of influencer deals is that you can usually just delete the post. Like you can delete it <laughs> off the grid two weeks after you post it because it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Like you, it's that's a negotiated day. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. One day is worth it. One day, like if I'm if I'm posting some whack shit, but it's twenty grand, I could delete it the next week. Like that's all. We're all good. Right, but if they want you to keep it up and they want to retweet it for a year, then you got to think about it a little bit. Or, yeah, you got to you know, get more money. Yeah, you got to get exactly. More money. I didn't. I mean that that world, yeah. It's a very it's it's the same but different. You know what I mean? I, I think that that is the that is the truth of all of it. It, it. You're right. It's all like contracts are contracts when it comes to endorsement, right? And but you know they aren't locking these kids down for a long time, really. Um, you know the kids, they're, they're it's kind of brilliant. They're just you know they're using they have a platform they can contract direct, and you know this platform that they have makes some money. It's it's, it's cool, and if they're smart. They do smart deals. They're making a really damn good living. We know, Jason. I think we were need to, we we know where we need to go now when our when our deal start coming. The deals start coming in. Yeah, you know? I'm glad that we have you as a resource, Mike. You you are um, you are going to be the difference that we have in this world from from the regular podcast influencers and the shining stars. <laughs> exactly. Let, let, let's get started now. Uh, I always come. To, I always I always come. Wait, to is the this table is this conversation on? Going to be billed? Is that what you mean? Is that what you want to start? Are you now? saying? Are you saying? <laughs> I, know, I mean, I can start as early as today, boys. I think <laughs> oh, this is a percentage deal, right? We started right now, actually, Chris. So I'll send you a PDF later. It's going to have all the. It's going to have the wire info in it and everything. Um, <laughs> what? What? Uh. All right. Well, Mike, thank you for your insight. It's been it's been very helpful, honestly. And I think people I think this is stuff that these are the kind of questions that you know people have. Mm. I think in some ways, and I I, I do think that um. The music business is very interesting to us and our listeners. So getting some real insight from a pro has been very helpful. Uh, I hope it was helpful. I'm glad to do it. And it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Don't send us any demos. We will not send them to Mike. No unsolicited demos (laughs) to How Long Gone. Okay? Like, please don't send your demo. No mixtapes. And Mike, Jason, stop sending Mike, stop sending us demos too. It's starting to get a little old. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, not, man. That's not really, that's not really well, how this, this relationship is supposed to work. <laughs> being on this podcast is my first step towards my artist career. You know, this is sort of I'm laying oh, the foundation. I, I, yeah, I like that. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we can both we can both be part of each other's journeys. You know, moving into new arenas in this in this post COVID world. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, we'll do our online but, shows uh, together. Exactly, but honestly, thanks for joining us. It was really fun, and, and I'll um I'll look for our invite to the Dominican Republic um, with our bill. So just you know, you keep us posted. <laughs> it's open. Take care, guys. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Later. Bye. All right, bye. Later. <laughs>